0: Everyone and welcome to episode 181 of the Savvy Girls Podcast. This is Melanie, and once again, I'm podcasting from St. Albert, Alberta. And this is Savvy Mom, and I am here podcasting as well. On this episode, we had a special guest.
1: We do, uh, Reverend Mark Cheng, who is a marathon knitter.
0: He is yes, a marathon knitter. somewhat new to knitting and yet a marathon knitter nonetheless yes also we're going to talk about what i'm up to what mom's up to and about knitting that mom is thinking of doing for the twins and we have some questions I to just answer made a face because i don't know what to do i've been i've been working on sewing projects it's called guilt anyway Thanks. sit back Put your knitting needles wherever you want and poke them into your mom if she's around and enjoy the show. Hey, watch out. Enjoy the sharp. Enjoy the show. <laughs> Have fun.
2: And I and your state of mind. At the end of the day, you just got to say it's alright.
0: Alright mom, what what's up? What have you been up to? Keeping warm. Because it's minus 25, I think, tonight? Something like that tonight. Yeah, it's really
1: cold. It's cold. I don't want to go out.
0: You haven't gone out
1: today. No, I haven't. (laughs) And yet, we had a guest come over, and I started making muffins and did
0: not have orange juice, and you braved the weather to get orange juice at the corner store. I did. Right. Um, Where did you actually... We ran out of... We ran out of flour, and you went to another room and came back with flour. So, I'm, honestly, Mom, I'm kind of interested about, about that. I have a bin full of gluten-free
1: um, ingredients, and I knew that I had some gluten-free flour. This one was gluten-free flour bread mix. And oh. so I thought, well, you're supposed to be able to substitute one for one. So I just used those. They were pretty good. I the thought, muffins yeah. were pretty Good. Good good the cookies were wonderful you made sugar cookies, especially mega cookie which oh
0: was, giant cookie put all the cookie dough on a tray smush it down and throw it in the oven and why didn't you make it into smaller cookies mom it's mega cookie it's mega cookies. who questions Sorry. mega
1: cookie <laughs> there were smaller cookies too so what have you been up to mom mom fell and hurt her arm I did i slipped on the ice the last time you were in town you have to tell the story better
0: so I've... Oh, written, right. Because <laughs> it's, it's our only knitting content. Oh, Would you like no. to tell it or should I tell it? It's not
1: our only knitting content. It basically We is. have
0: our guest. Right. Except for that. Right. It's our, you and I. All right. Our you only had knitting. Melanie had finished knitting a beautiful shawl. I was test knitting it for Carissa, and it's called Blue Bonnets Forever shawl. And it's
1: gorgeous, and she had it beautifully done, and she blocked it, and it was
0: beaded, and we went outside. You no, know, I really wanted some pictures, and yes. the light was perfect. It was about minus 30, maybe minus 20 that day, And I, but, but the light was really good. I put on the sexy, sexy top with boobs everywhere, and I thought, okay, we're going to take some great pictures so I, for once, can put something on Ravelry, which I haven't done yet, mm. and we went outside, and I put my feet into Mom's boots because they were the closest boots, and mum, did you put on sandals? They were, I think no, they, I put on my clogs. Okay, so you put on clogs, and, and Mom went out, and, and she I fell. I took one step
1: beyond the overhang, and it was so icy. I was up in the air and down and landed on my shoulder.
0: And I'm sorry I didn't try to catch you, but the knitting was arranged perfectly on me. I didn't... The shawl, I... It was perfect, ready for the pictures. There was no
1: point in, t- in both of us falling, really.
0: Right. That. And th-
1: ironically... I had a pail full of ice melting stuff right beside where I fell. So had I had I known it was that slippery I would have gone out and spread some of that around.
0: Mom was such a good sport. She said she wanted to cry, but then she got up and took pictures of me anyway. I did. Poor mom.
1: I still can't don't have full function of my arm.
0: Oh man, it's been a few weeks I actually. I know. Poor mom. Thanks. So that's what Mom's been up
1: to? So I haven't been knitting or crocheting or anything because I think the repetitive motions is really going to bother it. Can I fall on the ice then? You can choose to knit or not <laughs> knit. Just Don't kidding. fall on the ice. <laughs> so what else
0: have you been doing, Mom?
1: You've been bird sitting. I've been bird sitting. Can we- you talk about our... We're, we're and under siege. We're under siege. We are under siege. So Melanie Sparrow's cage sits by the middle window of our family room, and she's wonderful.
0: This sparrow. She's, she's the best lovely. bird in she's the world. Wonderful,
1: and she loves looking out the window and watching the birds that come to my bird feeder and seeing all the drama in the backyard. And then we couldn't help but notice a thump at the window. So Melanie went outside and looked. There was no bird on the snow. Came back in the house. Five minutes later, another whack into the window. We are under siege. There are owls that are trying to get through the window and get through the cage and eat our poor little Colette. Our tasty tidbit. But the force field... Called glass <laughs> prevents the prevents the owl from uh, making it through. They must wonder. It looks perfectly clear, right. and yet there's a force field that
0: present prevents them from from coming and getting their midnight snack. And since we love owls, just not eating my bird, mom. At one point, I wasn't in town. She put up a a towel on the bird's cage, and as she was putting the towel on the cage, what did you see? It is. This owl came smashing into the window, right at her face, right at my face. I thought I'm under siege. <laughs> and two days ago, two days ago, when I got back to town, um, we saw the owl in the tree in yeah. about four thirty in the afternoon. So it was yeah. still light, sitting there hooting, just sitting there hooting. We saw,
1: we've, yeah, have seen it. We have seen it a couple of times. It. We believe it's a boreal
0: owl. We which might be protected it might actually be the kind you don't want to smash into your window i don't want it to die i just don't want it to eat my bird so yeah or that's, me <laughs> or you we can't go outside at no, night no, well i don't think it would attack us I really think I, I think no. it would anyway that's what you've been up to i guess i
1: have been and trying to keep my bird feeders flowing so the the wild birds get their their meals they need the energy
0: I have been working on the CD. I've been in New York. The last podcast I talked about the process of working on the CD. Um, I am the the stage I am now at. I am almost finished mixing, which is what I said last time. But I did I did that last session or the last couple sessions that I I forget exactly what which day I recorded this. But I, I finished it off. And there's one more session I need to do a mixing, and then I have to master it. Get the rights to the songs, which is something I might not have mentioned on the last podcast. Think about album art and what I'm going to do with it. And anyway, so that's that's the CD update where it is right now, and I will have more to say about that on the next episode.
1: And the music is eclectic. It is. It's
0: beautiful.
1: And you haven't heard singing it all. It's wonderful. I know, but I've heard most of it, and it's wonderful. Well,
0: Very thank exciting you. project. I'm still thinking of doing a crowdfunding thing. Good I Idea talked because. I mean, essentially, it's like pre-ordering the CD. So I'm thinking of doing that. I I will have just I I have a grant application due tomorrow, um, and a couple other th- applications for things that are are due. So I haven't had time to actually do that. But we I have th- three hours. Is it due No, tomorrow night? Oh, it's due to, night. If we, if oh, okay. we would not be recording this podcast. <laughs> okay. you no, know, it's due February first. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, it's due to, It's not. It's January still, right? Yes. Yeah, we're okay. We're all right, so we are all right, yes, so i I'll get to that is my point um I am here in Edmonton for a little bit, then I'm going probably to Montreal for a couple weeks. we not sure, still working out all the gigs this winter, but um right after I forget what I talked about on the last podcast. I was talking about where I might sing or I haven't got a I hadn't no. I talked about how I hadn't sorted out my gigs for the spring yet, because I had been so busy working on the CD and and summer gigs. And things are starting to fall into place. Since that, basically the day after that, I got an email from someone asking if I would come to Shanghai and perform. So I am going to be doing Jazz Cat, my kid's show, at a school in Shanghai in, in March for several performances, yes, and there are also possibilities of possibly going back to Sudan or Chad, possibly going to Singapore to perform, possibly going to, I got an email this m- yesterday asking if I might be interested in touring the Caribbean. And there's a chance I'll end up working on a cruise ship for a car. So, I mean, there's, there's all this stuff up in the air all of a sudden happened in the last week. Um, so that's good. That's wonderful. But Shanghai is definitely happening. So there will be podcasting and adventures and and that's and that's photos. that. I just don't know where to go after this week. Yes. You'll but figure it out. I need to write a show. I have two yes. shows, two new shows this summer I'm doing in Edmonton. No, Edmonton, I know what I'm doing. Two new shows I'm doing in Winnipeg. And Regina. And one in Regina. And so I, I need to start working on all that. So that is that. I guess that's that's what I'm up to. No knitting, though. No knitting, no knitting. yet. And
1: what's Deborah up to? Well, Deborah's busy with her twin girls, not getting much sleep and uh, not getting much crafting time although she's talking about knitting doing some knitting she made some headbands for the girls she sewed that and, um, she's pretty busy
0: So yeah, they're pretty darn cute the bird's cuter anyway <laughs> the twins are adorable the twins they're two of them so one bird's as cute as two twins mom She's perfect. She's a perfect bird. The twins vomit and poop and things. The bird's perfect. And the bird? Oh, those are just drops of love. Oh, please. <laughs> and with that, what do we have next? We have an interview next.
1: We have an interview. I hope everybody enjoys it.
0: I, had, I enjoyed it. Oh, me too.
1: So this is Savvy Mom, and I'm here with my friend Reverend. Reverend, yeah. it is Reverend Mark Chang, who is the minister at the Saint Andrews Presbyterian Church here in Edmonton, Alberta, and he's come over to our place to talk about a recent project of his. But before we get to that project, I had a couple of questions. Yeah. Have you always been a crafter?
2: Oh, oh how do you define a crafter? Maybe, maybe, I don't know.
1: Do you like being creative? Have you always been creative?
2: Always been creative. Always enjoyed music and theater. It's kind of been my thing. And then more recently, uh, doing more art and painting and those sort of craft stuff. Yeah.
1: Would that have anything to do with the fact that you have a five-year-old daughter?
2: Uh, well, I started painting because I wanted to make her a book. And I, I did a little story and, and didn't know how to paint. And so I painted some, uh, but taught myself, made, made a whole little book for one of her birthdays. It's lovely. And then, and then, yeah, then I moved on to other stuff. <laughs> but for a year, I was really excited about painting.
1: <laughs> Painting's wonderful. And what a nice legacy for your daughter to have something you've made. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I hope she likes it when she's old. (laughs) Who knows?
1: (laughs) So I read on your Facebook page that you have come to a turning point in your life with respect to a specific craft.
0: It's a knitting podcast. I bet I know which craft. (laughs) Okay, can we
1: go back to the beginning? Why is it that you started to knit?
2: I started because, oh, it was just about fixing holes in my socks. So I would... Like, I try to sew my socks together, and I don't know if you ever sewed.
1: Darning? Like, properly darning?
2: I just took a a thread and needle and tried to sew them together, and it would never last. I'm like, this can't be right. And then I looked up, what am I supposed to do? And I looked up darning, uh, and I even went into a yarn shop, and I looked up... um, on Google, they were telling me I need a little darning ball and all these other tools for it. And I go into the store and I said, do you have things for darning? I don't know what this is. And she says, nah, just use a potato. So I, I didn't, I use oranges or things and, and uh, been darning my socks. And that went, I enjoyed doing that. Like it was really peaceful. Uh,
1: how did you learn how to darn? Was this a YouTube thing? Yeah,
2: yep. just 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 followed instructions on- online. And it's really simple, right? You're just weaving things. And it looks really pretty. And so I had darned all of the, my, the holes in my socks. I moved on to the holes in my jeans. I ran out, and I put a notice on Facebook, if you have things with holes in it, I can darn it for you. Uh, well, and then after that, like, when I posted that, someone was like, oh, you, they, they really liked my darning. They said, you should try knitting. And I had tried... think in high school i tried knitting before i never really got into it and and i thought well maybe i'll give it one more shot uh and that's when i started knitting so
1: how did you learn
2: to knit well it was all pretty much on, on youtube stuff there was one church lady had got me, uh, she, she heard I was interested in knitting, so she bought me a thing for a dishcloth and gave me a pattern. So that I could follow. I already knew how, some, some basics, I knew just how to knit, not how to purl, because uh, my mom had taught me years and years ago. So that I, that I could start with. Um, and then I was following the pattern, and I did the dishcloth, and I was really surprised how quickly it happened. Uh, I took it with me to an image of the queer prom uh, and
0: you brought your knitting to the prom?
2: I brought it to the prom. Okay. <laughs> yep. I sat there because we have a for one of our groups Haven we uh, were promoting uh, just queer spirituality. So I'm sitting there behind at the table. And no one's
0: gonna ask you to dance if you're knitting.
2: Well, I'm I'm a little old. <laughs> I was there as the volunteer. If I got if I got dancing, uh, people so would come you were the, me. you were a chaperone. I was a, yes. When well,
0: you had the needles for it. Yeah. So back it off, back it off, kids. <laughs> All
2: right. <laughs> yeah. so and you kept getting all these compliments, and oh look at what you're doing! Oh, and then people were excited, and so that that spurs you on. You get excited by it, and so before I knew it, I had a dishcloth, uh, and then I wanted to try uh, other patterns. So now I knew how to sort of read a pattern, and then I went to uh, what was it? Like a diamond cross. Thingy that now feels way too complicated for me. I'm very surprised I did that. <laughs> so I made. Was the- it like
1: a, an argyle pattern, or more like I'm getting a square that has a diamond pattern?
2: Uh, it was everything was just crossed over each other. I don't, I don't even remember how it happens now. Anyhow. I did it's, that. It's magic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this is what always got me with knitting. It was like some mysterious thing. Like, what is, what's happening? I'm just following these instructions, and this thing is made. Uh, and and when I started out, like, well, the big thing is I wanted to figure out what's the mechanics, what's actually happening. Um, and then I found, like, I don't know if you've seen these uh, videos on Facebook of people with these giant Yarns like full yes. arm length ones, watching that and seeing how that goes when they try to knit that. that... And
1: they're knitting on their arms, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So then I could see, uh, I don't know, something about that helped me understand it a little better now.
1: And then, how did you progress to knitting socks?
2: Well, I decided once I got going and I was excited by it, uh, I decided I need an ambitious goal. Uh, that would be way too ridiculously ambitious uh, to spur me on. So I said, socks. I, I started with darning <laughs> socks. Now, why don't I just make the whole thing? Um, and all I told this to the church ladies, and, and they all laughed at the idea. <laughs> and one person told me, "Now, Mark, I know you play piano, so just think of it like this. Right now you learned how to do chopsticks, or uh, Mary had a little lamb. But socks, is it's kind of like doing Beethoven. <laughs> so it's going to take some time. And Very good analogy. Yeah, yeah. And then, like that worked for me. But then I thought, well, I am a pianist, and I do know how to play Beethoven, and I can do that stuff, so <laughs> I can do socks. And, and so everything I did from that point on was just to figure out what are the basics I need to know in order to make socks. So I knew... I needed. I thought at the time I needed to know how to do a pattern so I, I practiced some of that um, I needed to know how to knit in the round so I, I started with um, some magic loop circular needles did a hat uh, but you
0: made a hat to practice for socks Yeah, that's impressive
2: <laughs> Yeah, the, the hat didn't turn out very very well good but it, it, it was uh, I gave it away but you made to my a hat. niece yeah. Yeah. To yeah I did a hat that's super
0: impressive
1: you were working your way up.
2: Yes. And I did a hat with, oh, I forget what it's called, but the big, it had this big cable like twist in it. The cable? Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. So okay. then he went from dishcloths to cables.
2: Yeah. Well, and and, and I practiced uh, little um, flowers. Uh, so I made like a headband with a little flower on it for my daughter. Um because, again, I thought I needed to know patterns. I found out by the time I'm doing socks, patterns weren't really... I didn't need to know all that. <laughs> so I learned more than I needed, but it was helpful. Um, so what, what else? And then moved on to uh, four, four or five needles. Uh, and, and, so well, double-pointed needles. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was exciting. It was good... So all of this I was just following on YouTube videos. And I liked that I could go back and take things slowly. But I would bring things in when we would have like a Bible study or something else going on. And uh, so there's one particular church member who's really good at just pointing out little, I needed that little, little mistakes or things I wasn't getting like I was doing, I was purling in the wrong direction or something like that. So, so these little, little tips that helps.
1: Everybody needs a mentor. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I was really, really lucky to have that. Um, And then, yeah, before I knew it, so my goal, so I started knitting in May, uh, just before May, and I wanted to, I knew I was preaching for uh, the Pride service at McDougal United, and I wanted, my goal was to have rainbow socks for Pride. So. And I
0: assume you had to switch colors. Yes. Yes. This was yes. not right. one bowl. of no, color yeah, yeah. Although you can get that, probably not here.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. D- yes. So that's that's what I did, and I, so I practiced how to add different colors and stuff to get there, and then and then. I remember sitting at our garage sale at church and I had these rainbow socks I was I was working on and I had all these ladies coming in uh, to the garage sale going, oh, oh that's, they're, all, they're all excited. Oh, you're doing better than me. And that's what I really wanted to hear. It was all about <laughs> competing with the older ladies at church, right? Yes. I, Agreed. Uh, so so that was all very encouraging. So by the, by the end of... By the middle of June, I had my first pair of socks finished and uh, I worked them into my sermon so, <laughs> so I could wear them. And then I walked and, down and, and, and it went, show and
1: your oh, rainbow socks. socks.
2: Uh, and then because that went so well and I was enjoying it, I decided, uh, well, first I did some, I was going to do some presents, decided to do my a Father's Day gift. I'd make socks for my dad. I... I uh, I had met my parents in England, and I had the goal of trying to finish my Father's Day, because I actually forgot to give my dad a Father's Day gift. So I thought if I show up in England with these (laughs) socks halfway made, I could tell him, this is your Father's Day gift I tried, and and I'm still working on it. Um, so I was working on socks on him on on the airplane, and with the the stewards, just all everyone commenting on it as I'm I'm sitting there.
1: Do you, I you didn't get much sleep.
2: No, no, no. I spent the whole time. I was one thing about knitting that surprised me is that I I didn't feel tired when doing it, and I could just sit there doing it for ages. So I found it, it was really nice doing it on the plane. Um, But I did, and then I all across England, sitting there knitting socks for my dad every time we were on the bus or somewhere. At what point did you have the first one done and then had
1: to start the next, or did you do the two at the same time?
2: Oh, I've not done that at the same time. I've seen that, but I I don't understand what's happening.
1: No, I don't either.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. So I think I didn't finish my dad's first sock until uh, just before we took the flight back home. So, he never got to even see one sock done. So, um, oh,
1: so you didn't leave him with one sock? Yeah, saw, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was, yeah. saw you knitting. He, he saw, saw a, me doing yeah, it. he saw the industry. Yeah, yes. Yeah.
2: And then I actually, I had already promised another friend a pair of socks, and I didn't like how that pair had gone. So I, instead of giving them to my dad, I gave them to my friend and started another set for my dad, <laughs> uh, and that. That turned out okay. Still not not doing really well at it, um, but then, like this is now the middle of the summer, and I'm like, well, why don't I do socks for everyone now for Christmas? <laughs> uh, and I decide to make socks for all the the our elders at church. So there's we have five people, plus we have uh, like the person who does janitorial stuff, our treasurer and our musicians so eight people f- from church needed to have socks
0: and men have big feet
2: yeah right yeah well I was I was chatting I brought knitting everywhere I'd go so I'd sit with uh, in a pastoral meeting with someone and I'd be knitting and chatting. Uh, so I was actually talking to someone about their upcoming cancer treatments as I'm. And I'm getting distracted as I'm doing it, and the sock ended up getting bigger and bigger because I started with the toes and was going the other way. So my first pair for the for the ended up being these giant socks uh, that only fit one member the person. I there's only one person I knew big enough to fit those socks. So that's who that went to, uh, and I got panicked about. I'll never do this for Christmas finish in time. So I kept racing ahead, and the the yarn kept getting chunkier. Uh, but before I knew it, I had all of the elders done, and I still had a month and a half left before Christmas. So then I may I actually took most of the socks that I made for my elders and packed them in a box and shipped it to my family. Oh, it was for them. no! So that was their Christmas gift.
1: <laughs> so then you, in a month and a half, you had to make I eight finished, more pair.
2: Uh, uh, five more. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mixed it with a few mitts, and then I did a pair of gloves for someone else. And then other events kept coming up. Like, we had a dinner auction, and for the silent for the silent auction, I put up two pair two of the pairs of socks there, and then there was a, the member that I was knitting with who had who has cancer. I thought, well, I should give him something really, and so I I knitted him a pair. These, this is my favorite pair. Uh, it was white with a rainbow stripe at the top of it. Can, can I swear on your podcast? Yes. Uh, the bottom of it, I stitched the words uh, "fuck cancer." So that there he can you. lay in his bed and and sh- wave those at the nurse. And when he's stitched
0: them afterwards. Or... No,
2: as as part, it, as part of it, I looked how to do a Fair Isle knit thing, and ah, and, and put that in.
0: That that is hardcore knitting. That,
2: that was exciting. Yeah, I was really excited by that that. Uh, I am so impressed. Yeah, yeah. That that was my favorite pair.
0: And you had rainbow yarn left over, right?
2: Yes. From your yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. That's Before why that. I could do the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I used it for. Yeah. Oh, those were nice. So I kept, oh, and then someone else had, there was birthdays and other stuff. So I ended up, in order to do all these Christmas gifts, uh, doing 20 pairs of socks <laughs> uh, in within, s- since June. <laughs> and then, and now I'm exhausted. <laughs> and, and I'm doing, decided I, I finally should do something for myself. Uh, and... I took some knitting with me. I've started a course, and I took it out with me for my course. But I don't know. Doing something for myself isn't as exciting, so it's not been going so well. I've been goofing.
1: What did you decide to make for yourself? Just a pair of socks. You need. You need to do
0: something. To I should have done. It'll go faster. Yeah. A sweater. A vest. Yeah. A vest. You don't have to do the arms then.
2: I need to maybe. Maybe. I'm like, I've been so fixated on socks. <laughs> it's like, I know there's other things in the world to knit, but right now that's been the only socks thing. Socks
0: take so long. That's the yeah. problem. Other things are so
2: much faster. And then, like, I'm all excited when I finish one. I'm like, i got two feet. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <The next>
2: <laughs> that's frustrating.
1: Yeah. And the same with gloves and mitts.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't so, know enough one-handed people.
1: No. <laughs> so you learned how to turn a heel...
2: Yes. What what was interesting with me in, in learning was that like so many of the older people I know who knit would say how frustrated they were doing socks, and so they've given up because of the heel and stuff like that. And when I like what I found on fa- on YouTube uh, just seemed really easy, and so I never had any challenges. And I think it's just because... And then later on, I I would look up other things, and I'd find other ways of doing it that seemed a lot more complicated. So I think I was lucky that I found an easy way, a pattern. Uh, And I think all those other people that were warning me must have been taught by someone else. Like, there's probably more proper ways of doing it that I'm not doing it right, but...
0: No, there are lots of different ways. Do yeah. you do the heel flap way, where you sort of do the flap and then attach it, or do you do the no. one that's more like a cup?
2: Yeah, like a cup. Yeah, yeah, that one's
0: easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not I mean, It's not easy, but it's, yeah, it's yeah.
2: doable. It, yeah. No, I look the, the other way. The other way, I still don't understand how that. I've tried it. I don't okay. Know.
0: I've just done the one. What? Closer. It's okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that's what I think is the benefit of learning these things now instead of like 20 years ago. Like I can look up a variety of different ways and hear from different people. I'm not learning from one person who learned from their parents and are doing some complicated historic family pattern. I I can find better ways.
1: So do you use the same pattern and the same method for every pair of socks or have you tried some
2: different patterns? Uh, I had tried it fundamentally all the same pattern. I did what I start with it from the um, what do you call it like the top of the sock this this part the towards cuff towards
1: the toe the ribbing down yeah, to the toe and yeah. then you had
2: to do yeah but a then I couldn't ever stitch? measure measure it right so then I started doing it toe toe up and then I had added uh, one I had put some pattern in the this, what, 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 this bit before the ribbing, yeah. <laughs> the, the leggy bit, uh, and and yeah, but then once I really got the crush to, um, cri- towards Christmas, it was all exactly the same yeah. <laughs> and very very simple.
1: What kind of yarn would you use?
2: The cheapest one in Michaels. <laughs>
1: So. That you would get with a coupon. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So whatever's on sale, whatever in the discount. And uh, I did find uh, it does make a difference what type you have. And there's some really nice ones, and others that are just feel terrible to work with. Uh, so I've I've since uh, gone like I, when I was traveling last, I, I now pop into these yarn shops and see and get some nice stuff. But, but it can go really expensive. Oh,
1: I know. Yes. Have you been to the uh, yarn store in the West End?
2: No, no, I, just while traveling. So I haven't done anything looked okay,
1: here. Okay, River City nice. Yarn on 170th. Yeah. Okay. They have some nice yarns,
2: they
0: yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. It's a mix.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they've got, yeah. I, I was in San Francisco and uh, I asked for some local y- yarns and they, they showed me their section. All of them were like $30 each, and 30 American. And mm-hmm. I can't... <laughs> Like, no. So, it's how crazy. much did
0: the pair of socks sell for at the silent auction?
2: Oh, I don't know. It's I, for some reason people weren't interested in it. So I think I think I think like fifteen dollars. Oh, oh no! I know, I know it's okay. <laughs> but one person who did buy it. Uh, she- she she loved them absolutely loved them and every time i met her she was wearing these socks (laughs) and and she did assure me that she she washes them (laughs) i was concerned
1: (laughs) well what a treasure it is to to get a handmade pair of socks to get handmade anything really all right so i was very disturbed when i saw on your facebook and that's uh when i decided to invite you to come and talk on the podcast I was disturbed that you declared that you were done. The
2: phase of knitting is done. Yes. <laughs> well, I I go in my hobbies, I go in phases. I get really into something. Um So
0: knitting was just a phase. You well, were you're not a knitter. It was just like a college sort of thing, you know, dabbled in it. Knit a little, <laughs> but maybe really a crocheter. I know.
1: Oh, I I was going to get to that next. Yeah, I could teach you how to make granny squares.
2: Oh, I have. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I I think what I really liked about knitting is that I feel like I'm being productive wherever I am right so I I, I don't feel guilty if I'm binge watching a Netflix series because I'm still doing something and then I I can turn to my partner and say what have you done for the last three hours right (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm still going to do some knitting Uh, but I I, I, socks well I want to finish what I'm working for myself but I am curious about trying a sweater maybe maybe later
0: what is the most thoughtless comment someone has made when you're knitting?
2: Because,
0: oh. I mean, that's people do say ridiculous things when they see people knitting.
2: Oh, like someone who was super impressed that I haven't cut my fingers while knitting. Like like he thought the needles were super sharp or something. <laughs> It's it's like oh your fingers they're not bleeding I, I've been watching you don't you don't cut yourself ever I'm like, no, no, no I'm good
1: I'm really good at this
2: <laughs> yeah that's just how talented I am I'm working with these knives that never cut me uh, it's <laughs> Russian roulette every knitting session
1: oh my gosh are there any gender comments about knitting
2: oh I think I people react more seeing me there's been. Yeah, so I'll get people talking to me about it, and they seem, I think, more impressed than they would if I was a woman doing it. Uh, and, um, yeah. One thing that surprised me is, like, when we traveled to England, I, I got, would get lots of comments. And then when I traveled to the States, I expected all along the way people to... Because Americans always break the fourth wall. They're very forward and friendly. It, it scares right. Me. Uh, but uh, when it came to knitting no one no one cared Uh, and maybe it's because I was in San Francisco
0: (laughs) there were a lot of knitters on that coast there were so many yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: so it was it was nothing there so I actually felt I felt more comfortable sitting on on the subway there doing it on train uh yeah, because yeah. everyone always says, "Oh, what are you knitting?" And then I'll say socks, and then there's an expectation that I'm going to say more, but there's nothing else to talk about. <laughs> 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 socks. Don't talk to me anymore. I'm not good with strangers. <laughs>
1: Has anybody actually asked you to make them a pair of socks?
2: Yes. Yes. And when I posted about the Christmas thing and that I gave it to all the elders, what I meant to say was all the active elders on session, not all the old people at church. <laughs> so I did have some people who thought, oh, where's my socks? And and, and some who some, one person who really seriously wants me to do a pair for him.
0: Often, if you go to Value Village, there will be donated hand-knit socks. I give them to people. <laughs> and I don't say, here are the socks I made you. I say, here are these knitted socks. And socks you just go a, with the yeah. assumption. You're just, I, 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 yeah, and if you're <laughs> listening and I've given you socks, I haven't knit them. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no. But
1: you have knit socks. Yeah,
0: I have, but I'm not going to knit them for someone else. They take forever. <laughs> it
2: does, yeah. I don't have time
0: for that. Right. Oh. Well, if, okay, if you have advice for someone who'd like to dabble in knitting, who has never done it but what's as an expert knitter
2: it's not as as scary as it looks everyone's when especially when working the five double pointed needles right everyone looks at that and thinks it's 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 terrifying but it's always just knitting or purling what i've been doing it's a lot simpler than you think so use youtube uh go back and watch things slowly until you start to get a hang of it it's it's very doable don't be intimidated
1: Excellent advice. Thank you very much for being part of the podcast. And we'll let you know when it's going to air so you can listen in.
0: And you'll let us know when our socks are done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is that?
2: It's priest. Have a little priest.
0: Is it really good?
2: It's too good, at least. Then again, they don't commit sins of the flesh. So it's pretty fresh.
0: Awful lot of fat.
2: Only where it's sat.
0: Haven't you got poet or something like that?
2: Now you see, the trouble with poet is how do you know it's deceased? Try the priest.
0: All right, Mom, we have some questions from listeners. And we started to record the answers last time I was in town, and then we kept running out of batteries, remember? Yes, I did buy a package of batteries for when you...
1: And, the, and I replaced the batteries in my... My uh, Your television remote controls, yeah.
0: We basically stole batteries from everywhere in the house, and we couldn't get more than yeah. 30 and seconds all, of charge. Although
1: they worked in the other devices, they wouldn't work on the uh, recorders, so I bought new batteries.
0: So we're going to answer some questions. Okay. Da, 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 da. Da, da. So the first one is from Inagata Donita. Dear Savvy Melanie, or Savvy Mom, how can I avoid being left under a bridge for cats to eat asking for a friend? What do you think?
1: Uh, this was uh, this was aimed at you, so I think you need to answer this one.
0: Well, I happened to have met Danita's lovely husband. The bird licked his beard at one point. She really liked it. he had he had this. He was sort of growing, you know, he had, was growing a beard a little. He had the stubble, and and Colette was just like, "I love you. Let me when lick your you face." Just- they stayed at our apartment in New York, oh. and Colette at my Hanukkah party and. No, it was the it was his beard. It was the back of his back of his neck. She loved his stubble. She just breathed on him. So <laughs> it was kind of creepy, actually. Sorry, Danita's husband. She was a baby then. Oh, she fell in lust with him. Oh. <laughs> she was. I've never seen a bird flirting ever. Anyway, so um, Danita's husband. She doesn't have anything to worry about if she isn't, in fact, asking for a friend. But if she is asking for a friend, don't worry, Danita's friend all the cats will be eating me. I <laughs> will keep them busy for a while. Question number 2 from real yarn spinner. There's a few questions. So, Okay. If you were a yarn, what would you be and who would be your friends?
1: I would be a washable wool, um, a worsted. Yes. If I were a yarn, I would choose to be a worsted weight washable wool because I'm terribly practical and I I uh, don't like making projects out of uh, or large projects out of hand wash wool. So I would say that's what I would be.
0: That's a good answer, Mom. And maybe a beautiful blue or green... Yeah, that's what I would be. Well, I would love to be an Anzula yarn, and I love the I love Anzuli yarns. Uh, my friend actually owns the company, and the yarns have silk. She's been kind enough to give me a few a few many skeins of this yarn, and I Marky love them. You. I know, I know, and it's silky, and it's beautiful, and it's posh. But to be honest, I'm probably more of a Madeline Tosh. So, <laughs> a Madeline Tosh. Is it's good. quality. It's just not silk. Ah. Oh, so I'm oh. I'm more of a just the general Madeline Tosh worsted weight. Because as much as I'd love to be sock weight, I am worsted weight. So, I mean, to be honest, you know, you could knit a hat up out of me pretty quickly. So that's okay. And I, lo- I think her colors, the colors of Madeline Tosh are complex and interesting. And they're easily recognizable, but they're still original. So I, I guess that's, that's what I would be. And I'm, I'm not Malabrigo because there's no one who wants to squeeze me. <laughs> but I, st- I would still make a good hat if someone wanted to wear a hat made out of me. So that's and who would be my friends? Oh yeah, who would be my friends? Um, you'd you'd be my friend. I would be your friend as long as it's a delicate wash or hand wash. Yeah, yeah, well, delicate wash. Yeah, yeah, or hand wash. I'd rather be hand washed; would be kinkier. Oh. <laughs> Next question. What's the one piece that you have made that you would want to survive past your lifetime, and what would you hope was said about you when people saw it? We sort of discussed this when you talked about legacy we knitting, yes. but what is the one piece?
1: Um, I need to think about this for a minute.
0: I'll answer, for me. Okay. See, look over there, that pink, the Glastonbury thorn shawl, that is the one. It's gorgeous. I doubt if it would survive a dozen wares. However, the, the yarn seems to be somewhat, um... Delicate, so I don't think it will survive past my lifetime unless the owl gets in here tonight, in which case it will. But um, that it is so absolutely beautiful and complex, and the color is gorgeous, and the beads are gorgeous, and someone would look at it and say, "Wow, that girl sure love knitting," <laughs> <laughs> and they'd never know the truth. So that that is what I, and it's just beautiful. Someone would think that I am someone who could stick with it. Listen beady and things. And they so. were
1: very impressed, yes. How about you?
0: Um, I'm thinking back to
1: some unfinished projects. I have, and I know I've talked about this in the past, many, many squares that I have crocheted and I know they're made out of acrylic yarn and acrylic yarn is not really popular on this group, but I chose acrylic because I wanted to make sure that whatever I made would be washable and I didn't I wanted to I wanted it to be an inexpensive I wanted them to be inexpensive projects because I didn't know if I was going to stick with them and stick with um, making the squares and uh but once I do join them up and and I know I've talked about this so many times. I do plan on joining the squares they're going to be at more than five feet by six feet. Wow, because they're twelve inch squares, and i've got thirty uh in one color combination, and i think i'm I think I'm close to thirty in the other one. Um, I put a lot of time into them. At a time when life was difficult, and when Dad was sick, and then um, when he was in the hospital. And I would bring one pattern with me, and, uh, and my crochet hook, and I would sit and keep him company and, and crochet. So the squares mean a lot to me, and that's what I hope will,
0: will survive me. Good answer, Mom. Thanks. Three, in all your travels, where did you experience the most knitting love, knitting hate, or hostility? Do you have an answer? Knitting love would have been Rhinebeck. It's a good point, actually,
1: for you. you. Know, yep. For me? that Well, I think for anybody who, who would go there... No, that's
0: not my answer. I really love Rhinebeck, but that's not okay, my answer. So my
1: answer, knitting and crocheting love slash hate. There were some absolute masterpieces that people were wearing or toting um, absolutely beautiful things and some absolutely gaudy shameful things remember you, i i know i didn't i didn't wow no there were some things that were that were were and the sad thing is i mean it's only my opinion but the sad thing is people put a lot of time and effort into these things and and i give them kudos for uh, tackling some of these projects that were were large and probably but just not my style, not something that I would would make or wear, but I loved the the variety I loved the displays and the yarns that were being sold and the items that everybody was wearing hand knit things and yeah. that 's where I saw the hat the Shetland yarn hat. True. With the birds of what they called passerine. It the, the pattern yeah, is called passerine. The one you made
0: me with the I little happy you birds. You yeah, with, that's a beautiful hat, Mom. Birds on
1: and all the way around sitting on branches. And I saw and there was another one. The bobble that I hat. Saw, the, did you the bobble, the bobble hat, hat. That and I saw that there as well. And so that was knitting love because I came away wanting to knit color work, which I hadn't done. And in, you did. And I You did, did
0: knit it. And, yeah. Knitting hate may be the same answer as my answer. What's that?
1: Where have you experienced knitting hate?
0: Here. Here in St. Albert.
1: Oh, we went to... We,
0: we Here went, in St. Albert.
1: Oh, we went to, to a, a knitting group that was open to the public it wasn't a closed group this isn't yeah.
0: hate it's more ambivalence is this i mean this isn't well, yeah. hate no
1: it's not a matter of hate it's just uh we were very excited both girls were in town it was something we could all do, together, could do that together that was somewhat
0: close and we went to the library where they were holding this knitting club
1: and and nobody was friendly nobody talked to us there were only something like six or seven people there and including the three of us or maybe no
0: there were maybe 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 there were about 10 or 11 including us but it was so
1: awkward I think I mean I was very proud of the podcast and the fact that you girls were doing that and I will want it to make a connections for people to know that look these two St. Albert uh women were doing a knitting podcast and get you some more listeners and and I think that the two of you wanted me to make some new friends. Yeah, we did. And nobody talked to us. Nobody.
0: It's not as if we were talking to each other either. We no. all
1: just kind of sat
0: there being awkward. We talked. Although uh, there was one person that, uh, that I did. Um, was it that time, though? Or was it another time? Because you went another time. I think they weren't there that day. I blocked it, no, it was a different.
1: it was a different knitting group that okay. I connected to in St. Albert, and we used to meet over at Holes. They yep. probably still do. Different group? Very, different group. Very friendly, very nice group. And I did go back. And I didn't knit, I crocheted. And nobody scoffed at me. But well, they I wasn't were, there. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> they kidding. Were, they were a very nice group. So yes, you're right. That There was, we just felt...
0: We just felt unwelcome. So, so long. Yeah. You know? Anyways. But my yes. my knitting love is... I, I do love Rhinebeck, but for me, the knitting love I've been seeing the most is in Leeds. Oh. 100% in Leeds. Not only... I mean... Let's see. Who lives there? Tracy was the first one who invited me to go to Leeds in the first place to sing at the Yarn Festival there. Tracy, the Yarn Festival did her. I don't know anyone's Ravelry names. I'm sorry. And oh. then Maya... I stayed with Maya several times. Allie, the crocheter is basically my mom's best friend. They just haven't met yet. <laughs> and she has an accent like, like Colin and, and um, I forget the name of the maid in, in the secret garden. I mean, when she has that Yorkshire accent that I've always wanted to hear and she got an Abby, somebody in or like Downton Abbey. I was, yeah. Like or or of, like that, but I'm, I had pictured down. it in secret garden oh. though. Um, and, Allie's mom is so nice, and Maya's mom is so nice, and Eden, the person I'm touring with, is from there. And I have a, a, he's a knitter, and so I'm sure that we'll have knitting talk on tour this summer. It's just, everyone's so nice. And the knitters I met there are just so, there are more. And all, I bought a ton of knitting from the Spitting Guild there. So, so much knitting love. So much.
1: You got that wonderful circular shawl for me? Yes. (gasps) It's so spectacular. I just,
0: I love it there. Uh, For me, that is the place with the most knitting love. Absolutely, bar none. So, that is my answer to that question. Okay. Next question. Melanie, do you, oh, this, this is from, those were from Real Yarn Spinner. Now we have some from DC LA Knits. She's really nice. We went for, what were they called? We went for food. It was some... We we went out in in Washington. She was really nice. She drove me around and we ended up going out for a really fun lunch. Dinner lunch. You've met some wonderful listeners. I have. All right. She wants to know, Melanie, do you still hate knitting? Some days, no. But when I was getting to the end of that last shawl, I haven't started anything since I finished it. You needed a break. It's been a month. I might be ready to start something now.
1: But... I don't think you hate knitting anymore, although you might find it tedious. I think you find it a challenge. The projects that you take on are so challenging. They're so interesting. It's not just make a simple hat, go around in a circle. because well,
0: I wanted those shells. I wanted them. But you do it, and you do these projects that are incredible. Aw, you're nice. Sometimes, sometimes not always. Okay, next question. D- did Deborah and her family end up in that house that she saw in Ottawa? That's your answer. No. Cuz I don't re- I didn't remember the answer to this. They never did.
1: S- there was one house that they were thinking of purchasing. They they went to- They went to Ottawa, didn't see much that they were excited about. Uh, the real estate agent found them another house, and it looked really good. The pictures, I thought, I thought the backyard was fantastic. The rooms in the house were fantastic. Um, the basement was totally finished, and it was fantastic. Were there bodies in the walls? No, it was the neighborhood and the street it was on. It wasn't as quiet oh. to bring up little children. Okay, maybe it would have been fine to rent and and then find somewhere else to when the kids get old enough to go out and ride their bikes. So, um, although the house itself was good, no, but then the real estate agent found them a house to rent and, um, it's very good. Yeah. It's it in, is. A, in a very, ni- very good neighborhood
0: for, there's uh, a 24 family. hour bagel store, I 24 know. hour bagel store. Yeah. Th- three, three blocks. Minutes, yeah. Three not even away. three minutes running, maybe five minutes running a little away. Bit further. But anyways, it's, it's, it's open all the time. It's fantastic. all the time. Bagels and schmears. Yeah. Next question, also from Elaine. Always wondered, how in the world do you make for a worldwide tour of shows with props and costumes all in carry-ons? Oh, Melanie. It depends on the show, to be honest, and it depends on the carry-on. Airlines have recently gotten more restrictive with the carry-ons, and so the larger carry-on I used to take is not allowed on many European airlines now. It's still okay with Air Canada. It's still okay with WestJet. It might still be okay with United. I'm not sure. A lot of them in Europe, it's just two inches or something or three inches or two and one. Whatever it is, it doesn't... I mean, I bought it for $1.50 in 2007 from a Staples that was clearing it out in Manhattan. It's a really cool bag, but I mean, it was so... I have no idea how it was that cheap. We've gone through a lot that bag and I. So I've recently gone to a smaller bag from MEC, Mountain Equipment Co-op. By the way, you should only get your suitcases from there. Bar none, that is where you should get. That's where you should get your suitcases. And it's it's considerably smaller, so I can fit um, clothes on one side, stuff on the other, and carry my boots. <laughs> I mean, it's it's quite small. I wear the boots. <laughs> I I often do wear the boots, although they're they're. The only boots I can find that fit me are made of plastic, so at some point they'll get ruined. But the point is, um, and then often I have a, a bit of a rucksack. If I'm bringing puppets, I can stuff a show worth of puppets in that. Um, carry once, on. once you take them out and give them a shake, they come back to to size. They're coming back of. to size a little less now. Oh. I mean, they've been through a lot, these puppets, and, and one of them is missing some fur where a child loved it with their teeth. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Um, how about that? So... It's harder now if if it's just a recital. When I toured with carry-on, I didn't have puppets. I had my microphone. I had a nice dress, which I rolled in there, and I had performance shoes. So that's three quarters of half the carry-on, and then you put your toiletries, and that fills up half, and the other half are clothes, and you don't need that many clothes. So that's how I, but more recently, I've been trying to travel with one check bag. If I'm going outside North America, one check bag and no rolly carry-on. And to fill that check bag not full, keep it under 30 pounds. So um, it usually ends up full when I come back. But uh, I haven't quite figured – the last couple trips haven't exactly worked how I wanted them to. I've had either too much stuff or it's been unwieldy. But I've found recently, as much as I love traveling with a carry-on, and I do, that my stress levels at the airport are so much lower if I do not have a rolly bag. If something went wrong, I would have nothing with me. Right, that is that right. is unfortunate because you are trusting your things to go from, I don't know, Ethiopia to Asia, you know, hoping that that thing will be – that your bag will be put on that plane. However, it doesn't matter when you board or what boarding group you're in. If you don't need overhead space, it doesn't matter. You can go to the bathroom and get your business transacted. You can get a drink. You have so much time. You're not – jostling and just hoping they won't cut off the bags because often you know between boarding group three and four they'll say no more no more bags no more rolly bags even if there is room and but none of that when you're getting off the plane you don't have to worry that someone will drop your bag no no it's under the seat so um that's my somewhat lengthy i don't know if that was really clear because i'm tired but very clear uh oh okay good i was just using words from my mouth and I don't know what they were. It worked. <laughs> Good. All right. So that's my answer. Um, for my upcoming trip, um, I don't, I'll talk about that more later. If I, I am, like I said, I am going to Shanghai. I'm going to Shanghai. After that, I'm, I'm touring the UK. I'm doing a, a concert at Royal Albert Hall as part of their jazz series. That is very impressive. Yay. And then touring, I'm doing several other concerts, including concerts with puppets in the UK thank goodness it's only jazz cat i'm not bringing two shows worth of puppets right it might end up being two shows worth of puppets though it's you know right. who knows what's going right. to come up i prefer doing opera mouse so if someone suggests that i'm not going to say no and i might have to bring my amp again my amplifier which i know it's big but it's it's insurance if i have it i know i ha- anyway if i don't bring the amp i am going to bring that like my big rolly bag from Mech and that shoulder yoga diaper bag thing I bought from mech that I burnt a hole in the bottom of from the that that's what I'm gonna do. Bring that. And probably a tiny little purse that I could take out if I'm just want to throw a few things in. Right. So I'll I'll post pictures at some point of of these bags. Yeah, but oh if I didn't have to bring performance things, I would travel to Europe with carry-ons in a second. You don't you need two pair of shoes. I'll talk about this later too, but two pair of shoes, a few shirts enough socks so when you hand wash them, they'll dry before you need them next. And some deodorant. That's it. Basically, then you're set to go. Next question from QWERTY88. One week in Yellowknife in February or one week in Halifax in February?
1: I love Halifax. Music's better in Halifax. I've never been to Yellowknife and I would love to go sometime. But I have wonderful memories of Halifax.
0: Hi Halifax. Hi, Halifax. Okay, there's one more one more question. I just need to find it. Um oh, it is from Danita again, and it is for you. Oops. Hi, Danita. Hi Danita. My bird's in love with your husband. Okay. In the most recent episode, you mentioned that Savvy Mum played the clarinet. That's fun. Does Savvy Mum play any other instruments, any other players in the Savvy fam?
1: Well, I play some piano and I have uh, my dad's mandolin and I can pick out tunes on it. I haven't spent a lot of time playing the mandolin, but I would like to. So, yeah. And? And I guess at the... uh, at my synagogue, I blow the chauffeur. You do blow the chauffeur. For, and for the high holidays. What else? There's that
0: tambourine. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I do have a, ta- a real tambourine. You do have yeah. a tambourine. I do. And Deborah played bassoon for several she years. Did. She was a bassoonist in high Junior school. high and high in school. In the university, I At think, university, a little bit. yeah. Um, and I have an accordion, which I should get on. Yeah. And Dad played the trombone. He did. And that that's all the instruments. That's.
1: We've got quite a few instruments yeah. in our house.
0: Yeah, I have a Baroque recorder, I have an Alto recorder, yeah. and a Sopranino recorder. Mm-hmm. And you have that weird instrument I brought you from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I have a harmonica yeah. somewhere. So, that's it. I think I think we filled an episode. We did yeah. it. High five, Mom. Woot. We did it.
2: It's neat and it's sweet. It's a ding dong
0: tree. It for little feet. You're knitting all day long. You know, knitting's friendly and knitting's fun. Knitting's good for everyone, and that is why we sing this knitting song. just been listening to episode 181 of the Savvy Girls podcast. If you want to contact us, we are on Twitter as Savvy Girls PCAST. I'm on Twitter as Melanie Presents. I am on Instagram doing all these kids, what all the kids do. Instagram as Melanie Presents, I think. Might be Melanie Gall presents one of one or the other. We are on Facebook, Savvy Girls Podcast. Colette's the Sparrow has a page on Facebook. If you feel, I've never mentioned that before. If you feel the need to look up sparrow pictures, there is an orgy of sparrow pictures there. And of course, we're on Ravelry. And look, we're we're keeping up with the schedule. We're getting them out. Good job. So in the meantime, tend to mom. In the meantime. Tend to your knitting, kitten. Oh hope to
1: have some music the art, all the be sending me out the door right now.
2: Hey, oh, okay, you're using all the lime
1: green. My cardigan would look silly without lime green stripes! Don't shout! I shout! I shout if I want to! And do you know why? Why? Because I hate nothing!